0: You're listening to Behind the Viewfinder podcast, where you can relate as client or as service-based entrepreneur. Listen in on behind the scenes of client projects, the latest image capturing trends, and recommendations for your photo or video needs. Here's your host, Andy Coles. hey welcome to Behind the Viewfinder podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, thanks for dropping by. This is where we talk about photo and video capturing things related. We also discuss topics about what a client might be curious or interested in when it comes to image capturing services. So grab a slice of pizza and get comfy because we're getting this podcast started. All right, so what have you guys been up to? What's been going on? I'm gonna tell you right now that uh, as far as calendar wise, we have hit the official uh, fall season. For California, that doesn't really mean a whole lot, for, especially for Southern California. Uh, we have summer and then we have spring, but I am spoiled to say the least. And so anything below uh, 80 degrees starts to get a little uncomfortable for me. And these mornings have been approaching that kind of brisk air. I will accept it, but I will protest under my breath. Ugh, I'll take it goodness gracious. Anyhow, um, so we're talking about episode 15 this time, guys. We're talking about things I wish I knew before starting my business. And most of you probably don't know this about me, and maybe some of you do. Prior to uh, getting into this endeavor of doing image capturing services, I used to be in a band. I, I had that whole dream thing, you know, let's, let's go out there and, you know, do gigs. Let's get signed. Let's tour the whole nine. And that was a really big part of my life for probably about, gosh, I'd say the last twenty some odd years. Uh, literally, I was doing this stuff like in high school, out of high school, and it just kind of carried over. And, and you know, there was a lot of cool things that were learned. I, I uh, had a lot of cool experiences and. You know it, it was it was long-lived but eventually it just got to the point where of like well you know what i don't see this going any further and things are getting a little more complicated as you get older just because of you know you get more responsibilities and such and you can't just pick up and go as uh your your heart desires to go play shows across the country and stuff so anyhow uh getting back to this so when i was in the band i always found out and, and this is you know of course in retrospect that i always took on the promo aspect like i always volunteered like you know hey i'll take photos hey i'll create a poster hey i'll do this and uh eventually at one point i i bought my first dls dslr and i started to to kind of like use it and i tried to do photoshop and uh, it was a horrible attempt but nonetheless it worked we we did out having to you know get some people for some things and uh <laughs> was it was it probably the best no but i mean as things got came along and, and moved forward it did help out eventually and so when i quit that scene of my life um and i don't want to say quit entirely because occasionally i'll pick up the guitar and and still play and stuff but i I needed to fill that void artistic void. And so I had this camera and it was like, Oh, let's go take pictures of stuff. And so, uh, one thing led to another. And I wish it was the fact that some people were like, Hey, you take great pictures. You should, you know, you should actually become a photographer or whatever it is. And instead it was more or less, I think I can do this. And I think that, you know, I can make this happen. However, over the course of time, before I even legitimized my business, there were a lot of things that I learned over the course of the period of time. So I'm gonna list out what those things are. And so here is 10 things that I wish I knew before starting my business. And these are things that aren't gonna be pivotal, but there's these things that maybe that kind of remind myself along the way. So this way I wouldn't have driven myself crazy or hit some of those low lows to think that I was doing everything wrong. So number, um, one is comparison is a thief of joy. That's a, that's a quote. I think somewhere someone said that, and it's very popular and, and yeah, it it happens. And for a while, the comparison wasn't like my images suck next to the next person. It was more or less the comparison of why weren't my friends or my family members choosing me to document these things you know and I, I saw stuff and it was like it just hurt it was like oh man like they know i do this but in reality they really didn't know i did this it was still fairly new i was still kind of doing things i wasn't as intentional about posting things on instagram or my facebook about you know capturing images and so the other part of it is that and it's kind of in that sense for now it's like you know, sometimes you find somebody and you just stick with them, you know? And that's totally cool because in reality, there's not a photographer for every family, there's not. And if there is, there's one that may or may not do it and they may do it and they may, you know, kind of like get burnt and say, this is not for me, but here you go, don't ask me to do this again. So um, keep that in mind, guys. If you're out there and you you want to start a business, you want to start making money off of your image capturing services. Just know that there are plenty of opportunities out there, and there's plenty to you know basically fill the void, basically fill your pockets. You know, so don't think that someone's stealing your your loot. <laughs> All right. Second, we're going into uh, get into CPD or continued professional development, basically sooner. It, w- it took a lot of time before I even did this. I should have you know I wish I would have known about this actually. And so there you know there are places that do online classes. there are people who do meetup groups and actually teach you things. and that was a very pivotal for me. I remember taking a studio portrait class and oh man, like I learned so many things about my camera, so many things that I wish I knew beforehand. And there were things that I just I ignored and I left it be and and thought nothing of it. And then there were some things that I thought weren't as mandatory to to change or or, or update. And the fact of the matter was, when I after I took this class, I saw a huge shift in how my images look. And so, <laughs> I'm gonna tell, I'm going to tell a story real quick. So in the functions right there's there's the white balance function and in most cameras it just has your basic like shade daylight tungsten flash uh, cloudy i think whatever it is and so right that helps out your temperature color and it bounces out the colors a little bit more for you and i thought it was more or less kind of like a feel of things like hey you know you're you're outside, but really it's kind of like in the shade sorta. Of. And so it was always, it was bad. And then there would be times that I had changed it and didn't change it when I was back in places. And there was one time I shot indoors and um, I shot with a really warm temperature. It was crazy. And um, actually now thinking about it, I do like warmer colors. But it just looks so unnatural in this live event that I had had taken photos that I just did just because I was you know getting practice and such. So, that's that. All right. So, second or third, uh, don't expect easy profit. And it it sounds right. It sounds like super easy upfront. Sounds like take pictures, edit them, boom, you make money, right? Well, it's it's not that easy because then you start looking at things, right? I have to pay for internet. I have to pay for uh, my editing software. I have to pay for maybe rentals. I have to pay for maybe models. I have to pay for uh, rental space, for a studio. I have to pay for uh, all sorts of things, storage, SD cards, and the list goes on and on. And these subscriptions, they kill you. I'm telling you like, and when you start doing the math, it's like, oh my gosh, I what I charged what I thought was a fairly decent deal actually cost me to do the whole thing so and oh my gosh that's the thing too is is, you know especially when you legitimize your business right so you want the part of it it's like legitimize so you can do tax write offs you can write off things hey I bought gear I want to write that off want to get that back but the downside of that is that you have to report your earnings so you have to pay taxes on that and um that's for California. It may be different for other states. I'm not entirely sure. I'm almost certain it's not that way for most other states cuz California is crazy, but so I have to take out 33% of my earn earnings basically. So of whatever I charge, and so I see a, a abysmal amount really for my business and more or less it's probably just revenue that's going to help sustain and not really move me forward. So that was another thing that you know to take into consideration was like, oh my gosh, like, how do I do this? And then, you know, trying to figure out your costs and your hourly wages and stuff like that. Uh, that's a whole other topic in itself. But if you have questions about that, go ahead and message me, and I'll tell you my my approach and what I think you should do in terms of helping you getting you closer to probably what you should be charging for your sessions and such. All right guys, I'm really pumped about this. I'm hosting another giveaway for US residents only. This time I'm giving away a ring light setup. That means you have a choice to get a ring light stand and a ring light to set up your video content creating. This is what you have to do to enter. Visit my website and subscribe to my newsletter by visiting www.tvfphotos/subscribe and entering your name and email address. Next, visit my Instagram page and give me a follow. Find my post about this podcast, episode number 12, and tag two friends in the comments. Contest ends October 3rd, and the winner will be announced October 8th. If you're not the grand prize winner, you'll receive 50% off my portrait session. So what are you waiting for? Enter today for a chance to win. Back to Behind the View Fighter podcast. Um, The the next part is uh, SAR, S-A-A-R. What is, what is that? Shoot, admin, admin, repeat. I thought that it'd be super cool. You know, I thought like it was in the videos where you shoot photos and then you're in the coffee shop sipping lattes, editing photos all day long. That's hardly the truth, man. I tell you what it's shooting. And then it's all admin work: updating my webpage, updating my Instagram, getting content ready from Instagram, making sure that I have my um, you know pricing sheet ready and updated, make sure that I'm responding to emails, make sure I'm sending over um, past shoots, maybe I'm sending over their photos or videos, sending this mat, ordering photos or uh, USB cards or, or you know custom-made flash drives and stuff. It is not a coffee job to say the least, I wish it was, I really do. And um, yeah, so SAR, that's that's the business, that's the part of it, SAR. Um, next is number five, life balance. It's It's difficult, yes, but it's not impossible. If you're like me and you want the endeavors of running and operating your own business, chances are you probably have a strong work ethic problem is you probably just think that it's okay to work all the time and pump out your content when in reality and I'm still super guilty of this I haven't cut out the appropriate time for my livelihood I ne- neglected the gym and luckily I can I can fault some of that to, to COVID right now but in the past that wasn't the case and you know and staying up odd hours getting horrible sleep or making not enough time for family or uh what friends i do have and you know it, it, it's this whole like give and take thing but finding the balance is super important and then when you do it just feels so so right and so good uh the next one is gosh they're like i don't know what they're doing out there they're Making a fortress, I don't know. I don't know if it's coming up. You can hear like a bandsaw out there. Anyways, moving on. Uh, number six, gear shaming is real, and I probably would know this one more so than anyone. And especially because coming from the musician world, you know, over time you understand that hey, the more money you pay for gear, the better output you're going to get, and it's the 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 better it's going to be and operate and make your life a little more simple. So. In a sense i was kind of at a disadvantage more than i was at an advantage because i started to realize that man it was very limiting but in hindsight and i may have talked about this before that later on and this was probably maybe about a month ago not even a month ago it's before that earlier this year and a friend of mine had mentioned that he had thought that i was shooting on a full frame camera this whole time. When in reality, I was shooting on a crop sensor camera. And, you know, that had to do with a lot of, because I was studying and I, I just really, I don't want to say despise, I just like, agree with envy, how people were always, you know, posting like full frame camera. Oh, my, my 1DX and my, you know, my D810 and whatever. And it was like, they would pay no mind to you know this little dinky camera i had and so it was like it neglected you know or negated my images and and this is back into some of the posts that i like i guess community forums i belong to and um so i had to basically try to fool people and so i stopped posting what my gear gear content was because the minute I did, it already put me on disadvantage with a lot of these people who basically with these, these connoisseurs of like, I have this camera and I have this lens and you know what? It made me better. I'm, I didn't like the process, but it made me better because now when I edit with a full frame camera that has a super high dynamic, dynamic range, man, like it just makes things so much easier and it, I feel like it makes my editing stand out that much, much more. And I'm, and, and, and then, and then that's family guy, right? I think, so. I don't know. Anyways. So gear shaming, yeah, it happens. It's essential. I don't want to say essential. It ha- it's part of the growing process because who doesn't want new, new gear, but at the same time, like learn to craft what you can and learn to do with you, what you can within your means. And it's only going to make you better because when you do, and you're, you are able to afford new gear. You're gonna be just that much better. And I That sounds familiar, I think I did mention that. I don't remember what episode, but hey, you know what? I think it was the one I gave myself a pep talk. Get into that one. Okay, next one. Uh, your business skills matter just as much as your gear. And I've been the person to show up in a room with janky gear, but I make it easy to work with. There, There's a client of mine, And she, she flat out told me that she hired me because I was reasonable. And that, that didn't mean that I was affordable. That just meant like, I wasn't basing all of of my, my costs according to my gear. And you know what? Because of that, I'm gonna get more exposure. I'm gonna get more clients and that all works out. So don't, don't be so like caught up in like the whole thing of like, well, I'll let my work speak for me because that's a bunch of baloney. And so when you handle yourself nicely, you make these relations with people, you're gonna get more gigs, you're gonna get the referrals, you're gonna get more people. That's just one one thing that you have to kind of take into consideration and Hey, I'm breaking up this podcast real quick to let you know I want to get inspired and see the awesome work you're creating. So tag me in your photos and your videos on Instagram at TVF Photos. Also, if you want more in-depth show notes about this podcast, visit my website at www.tvfphotos.com slash blogs. You're, you're listening to Behind the Viewfinder Podcast. Okay, so part eight or number eight is stop underselling yourself. I remember in the very beginning, and you know, yeah, there was a, a price that I made so that I could make sure that I got clients. And then I started getting more clients, but then what happened was it sucked because I got in this mentality of like, this is what my worth is. And so I started to lowball myself and started to realize that, yeah, this is, it's gonna take a, a lot longer to get to a point to where I'm actually profiting off this and being appreciated for the work that I produce. And that's a, a slippery slope. And I, I, I still would recommend that to anyone starting out, like, yeah, make some affordable prices just so that you can build your portfolio. But at some point you have to pull the plug on that and you have to realize your value and charge that value. And when people see your work and when you stand firm by that, they're gonna agree like, yeah, actually, that was worth that amount, and sometimes, or probably not, they'll agree that I probably would have paid more for that, you know, or this looks like it, it was, you know, at this much more value than what I did pay. All right, number nine, learn to post edit efficiently, and I'm doing air quotes, and the right way. So efficiently, um, you know, I don't know what your process looks like. I don't know. Uh, how it runs or how you've been molded or, or you know, if you're still dabbling or even consider that. But I used to basically just take every photo, every photo, upload it. And then I started editing every photo. So number one, waste of time. Number two, waste of space on your computer or your hard drive or your external drive. Uh, number three, <clears throat> It's just a waste of time. I know, I said that it's it's super it's super redundant because you're wasting time putting it in. You're wasting time, you know, posting that probably stuff that's not going to get posted. Yeah, I can't stress that enough. So learn to efficiently do your process. Where you select your photos, even if you're at the shoot. And sometimes I can be a little too trigger happy when it comes to deleting photos in the moment. And you know, sometimes when you, you see it on the small screen, you may not see the potential in a bigger screen and actually think, oh, actually that's worth keeping. So definitely the ones that are super bad, blinks, blurry motion that you didn't intend to have, definitely delete those and and make space. Then when you get into post, throw it in your whatever it is that you edit in, look at all of them and start deleting the ones that just, they're not like, they don't make you stop and like, ooh, you know? Then highlight the ones that you want to edit, get those done, pop them out, boom, you're done. Problem solved. And number ten, the last one, I save this as the last one because I maybe I, I I like to go against the grain a lot of times. Maybe I like to stand out. Maybe I consider myself uh, not a sheep. But when I started considering to look into get a new piece of glass, everyone kept saying the first glass you should get is the nifty 50, the 50 millimeter pro or prime um, 1.8, 1.4, whatever it is. I think 1.8, cause that's the affordable one. But yes, it is affordable. It it's, does change your aspect on terms of, of like low light situations. 1.8 is a big major jump, especially when most times if you have a kit lens, you're probably dealing with a 3.5 or a four and so when you get this 1.8, you're just kind of blown away like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm here to say that the the 50 is good, but I think there's one that's probably not getting enough credit is a 35 millimeter 1.8. And the reason I say that is because number one, if you're shooting on a crop sensor, you're more likely to be at a 50 millimeter because of your crop sensor is probably roughly about 52.5 millimeter after the crop sensor. Whereas if you do have the 50 fill 50 millimeter, can even talk <laughs> 50 millimeter and you're on a crop sensor, now you're at about probably 75 millimeters. So if you're really looking for those tight shots or b-roll, you're definitely at a different aspect. Now let's jump back to the whole thing if you're shooting on a full frame. If you're on full frame, 35 is again affordable. Number two, it it allows you to do more than just portraits 50 is too narrow you if you want to do landscapes and then if you want to do a full you know body portrait you're going to get a lot of basically you know uh, you're going to base your depth of field is going to compromise your your focus and so everything will just look super weird out of focus and then you have like this one spot that's super sharp and it's like what happened to the rest of their body anyways and then you'll probably have to change aperture and then all of a sudden boom you're, you're you know shooting back at 5.6 when you just had that in your kit lens anyways i'm rambling but so 35 millimeter you can do landscapes you can do full body portraits you can do up close type portraits it to me personally i think the 35 is underrated and probably the best way to go in terms of getting yourself new glass either way Fifty or the thirty-five. Personally, I would go with thirty-five, and so be it. All right, guys. So that's it for me. You know what happens next. We'll catch you on the flip side. Be sure to check out next week's episode. Until then, happy clicking.